0: Hello and Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Latham Jenkins from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Before we get to Latham, we want to announce to everyone that we are just about at our 300th episode, which is very exciting because when I first started, I never thought we'd get to 300. I wasn't sure that anyone would be all that interested interested in this podcast. And thank goodness I was wrong because here we are and our audience is as big as it's ever been and continues to grow. And we are so grateful to everyone who is listening right now. And to celebrate, we have a contest coming up. So it's not fully cooked yet we're in the process of working on it but it will be in partnership with theclose.com. so we have a special prize that we'll be giving away and we'll be announcing the details and rules for that contest very very soon so keep your eyes and ears open for that and uh Also, please remember the best way you can help us grow our podcast is by telling a friend. Think of one other real estate agent that could benefit from hearing from top 1% producers like Latham Jenkins, who we're just about to speak with, and send them a link to our show. We are so lucky to have all of these top producers sharing exactly how they grew their business so that every other realtor who tunes in can learn from these mavericks. So again, thank you for supporting us all these years, thanks for the first 300 episodes and we're gonna keep making them and we'll uh, hopefully have another celebration at the next 300 but for now uh, on to our interview with the great Latham Jenkins Today on the show, our guest is Latham Jenkins from Live Water Jackson Hole in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, Let me tell you about Latham. Uh, Latham Jenkins is a leading luxury and lifestyle real estate broker in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. He's worked in that position for many years and has sold luxury homes to many individuals, including A-list celebrities and high net worth individuals looking to get out of the big city and move to a quiet neighborhood. Jenkins is known to push the envelope to set his listings apart from others. His properties span across, uh, and the homes have vast history. One of his recent properties being a 110-year-old real estate, or sorry, estate aspired by the Navajo Indians. Latham takes pride in his unique ability to help his clients find more than a home, but a way of life. Uh, Please visit Latham at livewaterjacksonhole.com, and you can see some of the properties that that he's working on and learn more about him as well. Uh, Latham, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here.
1: DJ, thank you. And thank you uh, for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, we we are really excited. Jackson Hole is been a place where about every year my, well, uh, my girlfriend and I say we're going. <laughs> and then for some reason, well, of course, COVID, uh, prohibited some of that the last few years, but it's one of those few places where I, I, everybody that has, that I know that's visited and spent time there in, in the summers or the winters just absolutely loves it. Um, so before we talk about you, just for any one of our audience that isn't that familiar with Jackson hole, can you tell us just a little bit about that area?
1: Sure. You know, we, we live in a, uh, a place that has this unique combination between national parks, great air service, uh, the Wyoming tax benefits of being the most tax-friendly state in the nation, Um, 22 million protected acres, uh, of which only about 3% are private. So we have this great scarcity of private land for us to live on, but yet surrounded by a wealth of just state and federal lands that protect the habitat, the big views, you know, all the reasons that, that people first fall in love with Jackson to then only realize what a phenomenal community and the people that have come to, to make life here and all the creature comforts, you know, you can literally safari during the day with big animals and climb mountains and return back to a five star dinner at night. So, um, you know, we like to think it's a very nice balanced quality of life.
0: Do you mind sharing with our audience what you had mentioned to me about how you woke up this morning speaking of uh, big game animals?
1: Yeah, I mean, especially in the fall time, you have them in your yard, and I I was, you know, asleep, and I heard this crashing noise, you know, and I look out the window, and it's a bull moose who has been just scraping, you know, his antlers into the trees, and, you know, even funnier, like last year, they loved the kids' toys in the backyard, like the lacrosse bounce back and the trampoline, and they pushed the trampoline, the bull moose did, all the way up against the neighbor's house, and so... (laughs) Yes, uh, you know, particularly in the fall time, you wake up and you just look around and see what's happened throughout the night and who might still be in the yard in the morning. It's, it's a very special time.
0: And Wyoming, too. I mean, it's it's been popular. Of course, Jackson Hole area has been extremely popular for, for a long time. But I know that Wyoming's really exploded in popularity, I believe, in the last few years because with COVID and people being able to work remotely, um, I imagine there's been a population surge of people moving to the area.
1: Sure. We, you know, we've seen a lot of newcomers come in. You know, COVID was basically an accelerant on the trend that was happening before with the ability to work virtually. And you know, pre-COVID we were still traveling a lot, so our air service was was most important for folks that still needed to get in and out of the valley. Um, you know, post-COVID, not that we're through it yet, uh, people aren't having to travel, but they've been freed up to work virtually. So. Um, yes, lots of newcomers, you know, young families. Uh, it's not what it was traditionally, which were baby boomers, you know, retiring here as empty nesters. It's it's folks realizing, hey, I can live in a great place and why not try Jackson Hole. Yeah, it, it reminds
0: me of of sort of the Denver boom where young people, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago decided to go, hey, I want to live near the mountains and I want to live with this sort of perfect climate area. And Jackson Hole and, and Lots of different parts of Wyoming seem to sort of fit that, that exact same uh, criteria. Um, yeah. But let's talk about you. Um, tell us, or our listeners would love to know how you got started in real estate.
1: Uh, you know, it, I, my approach was really, really yeah. from a love of just storytelling, you know, at large. And um I always aspired to be a professional photographer. And you know, during college I wrote to National Geographic just asking, well, you know, how do you ever get to do that, be a photojournalist? And they sent me this great letter back and it said, we don't hire photographers. We hire <laughs> historians, we hire right. economists, we hire you know paleontologists, what have you. We hire people that really understand the topic and photography is a tool. And so, you know, it always kind of frames storytelling for me from the standpoint of Kind of zooming forward to where I am today as still a magazine publisher and a realtor that, you know, in essence, I'm constantly telling stories to various audiences. As it relates to real estate and my entry into it, you know, it was was really a desire to build a frame a house in the right light and help people see it as they would as if they were living in it year round. You know, a lot of times we come to showings that you know, in the middle of the day, it's worst time to see the house, the lights harsh, no animals in the yard, what have you. So uh, this love of storytelling kind of drew me in because I honestly believe every house has a story. Every property has a story. You have to spend time figuring that out and then, you know, understand how you're going to generate a story from it that will resonate with that buyer and so you know my entry was a little different really from the standpoint of saying look i want to tell stories about properties yeah,
0: it's so interesting you mentioned that. I've interviewed other luxury agents uh, on the show before, oftentimes who are dealing with high net worth individuals who maybe this is their third home or, or their fourth even, or, or or even more than that. And they echo that same sentiment about storytelling. And I even uh, had someone on the show not too long ago from Florida who said, I almost rehearse an entire monologue, so to speak, in my mind. And I break it up into different acts. And, you know, she really thought of it from a theater sort of point of view. And that was her background. And she goes, you know, when when I meet the team of people that might be coming onto the property, I know exactly, you know, how I'm going to tell this story. Um, And storytelling is oftentimes, uh, I think, an underutilized tool in, in a realtor's um, sort of playbook. And I'm curious to know, you know, as a magazine publisher, let's talk about your magazine too. Um, are, are, tell us about that and, and sorry, how, I how actually, you made um, them.
1: Yeah. I, I published two in Jackson Hole. I published the travel guide. So you, you could imagine the people, you know, coming here first come as travelers, at least sure. pre-COVID. You know, I had plenty of people in COVID never have been here, just bought a house, moved in because their neighbor said it's, you know, great. Um, but in a more traditional market, you come here as a traveler you know, experiencing whitewater rafting, horseback riding, hiking. Um, And then you kind of, you know, you ultimately pick your head up and say, wow, we really enjoy it here. We'd love to buy a house. So, you know, my love of sharing the stories here first kind of starts with walking through what it's like to be a visitor in the community. Um, I, you know, a traveler and, you know, telling deeper stories about the people behind the restaurants, the people behind the rafting companies and kind of their journey in life so that, you know, when people are traveling here, they have a greater foundation for understanding what makes this place tick and you know i think anywhere you travel it, it's a travesty not to, to ever understand that that's why we do travel is coming to appreciate other places whether we re- whether it resonates to move back there or not it's part of our journey and learning so the travel guide has been where i started geez 25 years ago publishing that And then I augmented the travel guide as I noticed so many of the advertisers were architects and interior designers not having another medium at the time to advertise in. And I started, uh, you know, it's called a shelter magazine, but for us, it's titled Homestead Magazine, which is art and architecture in Jackson Hole. So it works out perfectly because, you know, as they progress into the bicycle, I have a magazine then to start calling out who the professionals are in the community and helping the audience understand, you know, which type of work would resonate with them. You know, are you looking for a modern architect, a traditional one, a blend of the two with mountain modern? Um, and so, you know, I end up, I guess, working with over 400 small business owners in the community. And as my real estate clients need anything, I have a great kind of, um, you know, base to fall upon to make recommendations and, and connections with. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying, you know, I, I really. I share stories of Jackson Hole and, you know, as it relates to real estate, tying them even closer into the house so they can understand the context of the house, where it lives and, you know, where it sits in the community and the types of activities you would do from that part of the valley. So, um, yeah, it blends together really well.
0: That's incredible. I imagine your connection to all things real estate in Jackson Hole is, is, is a, a I would, I would, Guest, guest, that you probably have more connection based on your magazines and, and obviously your, your work in, in real estate to, uh, to that industry where you become, I would think very valuable to people who are interested in, in pursuing, uh, you know, a home there, whether it's a primary residence or, you know, uh, something they, a vacation home or an investment property, right. um, seems like, you know, all the players, uh, for somebody who wants to build a home or, or even service it. Or, um, I imagine that, that, the magazine probably, you know, indirectly brings a lot of business your way on the real estate side.
1: Well, it does it, you know, it's both a credibility builder, you know, you think about when you're buying a property in an out of area market, it's a much, you know, uh, the need basis for the buyer is much, much different than if you're just buying, you know, a subdivision over or a suburb over in Seattle. You know, you already understand the greater context of where you are. You don't have those kind of one-on-one questions that an out-of-area buyer will have. So you know, when you work in a resort market, and I kind of like to refer to it as a lifestyle market, you know, the, finding a house is the easy thing. It's more of walking them through what makes this place tick and whether or not that connects with them. I don't want to pretend that Jackson Hole is for everyone. You know, no place is for everyone or we'd be flooded with people, right? We That's 20 sure. below in the wintertime. I'm not going to tell you it's not. Um, But for those that it does connect with, you know, I I do have an ability to help them understand what life is like here. I've raised a family here. Um, And so I I find that part of this kind of journey for them, you know, wanting to to fulfill this inspirational desire, this aspirational desire to live in a a lifestyle community, um, a great way to connect with them and build a deep and meaningful relationship. You know, I ski with many of them. And help them understand what a day is like you know skiing i take them fishing on the river you know i I take them on the white waters so i'm able to kind of integrate them into my life for which they can see a parallel to which might be of interest to them and it's uh yeah i I find that that's a very genuine approach because these are things that i do anyway myself and i think it builds a level of confidence with them that look this is bigger than just buying a house this is moving a life to a place that we've never lived before yeah,
0: I agree. And you, you sort of live, eat, and breathe Jackson Hole, and, and you're immersed in so much of the culture and and the artisans there and the different service providers. Uh, so clearly, you're just this hub of of knowledge and, and information. And you yourself are also a resident, of course, and, and have raised a family. So I, you know, I was just thinking that maybe with uh, with the remote work uh, trend that that is likely. I would assume to continue, although maybe that'll pull back a bit as people start feeling more comfortable returning to to you know private uh, you know workspaces. But if if they are able, if their employers allow them to continue to work remotely, um, I imagine there'll be almost a whole other industry in real estate about connect, you know, a, a local agent connecting with an agent in a vacation area or a lifestyle area such as Jackson Hole. And you are like the perfect example of the guy where you would want, um, if you had a client, if I had a client here in Chicago that was looking to, to move out there, I, I would just instinctively say, oh, I, I know someone there and he, and he lives yeah. eats and breathes it. Um, so I'm curious if, if you've seen an increase in that sort of traffic your way uh, as you become more well-known um, and, and hopefully this podcast will help in that, in that sense too. Right.
1: Well, you know, DJ, it's, it's an interesting thing that I, I don't feel like I've been successful in of uh, reaching out into our feeder markets, building relationships so that when their clients, you know, happen to mention to them, oh, we're going to Jackson Hole, you know, it, it triggers a thought of, Hey, let me make a connection with you and, you know, if you play our demographics out they're they're very, um, I can tell you where, where our guests or, our, you know, our buyers come from. And I think it's a real opportunity, you know, Chicago, New York, San Fran, LA, Houston, Dallas, Austin, uh, Atlanta. I mean, these markets, which basically represent the direct flights into the Jackson hole sure. are big feeder markets. And I think there's a real opportunity to do a better job networking with my peers. those feeder markets and hopefully gaining their confidence for the referral um you know we we all covet these these clients and we protect their privacy of being in our fold um but at the same time you know i guess we ought to be thinking about how else to serve them and you know in our outreach you know just making making it aware that hey if you're traveling to jackson hole or aspen or palm beach what you wherever they're going you know let me know i have great connections that can guide you because you know, a lot of these folks they don't buy on the first trip so i play tour guide sure. and i help to make sure they have a very positive experience and one that's um shall i say a little deeper and more meaningful than if they show up here and they don't announce that they're here because it's like being a tourist you know you're going to make all the mistakes the first time to then only come back and know exactly how you'd like to go through with it so um yeah i'd say that's a work in progress <laughs> well,
0: I was just thinking about as a magazine publisher and also a realtor uh, who specializes in the luxury market. Uh, you obviously have a very specific aesthetic that I imagine um, is important to you. Uh, so, when you're showing homes that you know your clients uh, may may want to purchase, or maybe you're listing a property uh, to put on the market, um, how important is getting the aesthetic of? Of, of how you would see it uh, versus you know uh, similarly to maybe putting a layout together for your magazine how important is getting the aesthetic right uh if it's your listing for example and, and going in and saying here's what we need to do here are the changes we may need to make to get this place ready to
1: to list sure well you know if we talk about say the sell site first yeah. um in my work in the, in the magazine business also kind of overlaid owning and, and still having a small part of it, an advertising agency. So, you know, when I I think about telling a story, it always goes back to what we use in advertising as a creative brief. And, you know, when you think about populating a creative brief, it triggers all the right thoughts that you have to capture on paper. You know, as simple as saying, list out the key selling advantages of this property and boil it down to something very simple that will resonate. And that might be three to five key selling points. Um, which then frame the story and then it frames which visuals you're going to go after. So, you know, I see myself, although I, I, am I'm, I'm actually a photographer and love shooting video and I, you know, I'm not the world's best, but it enables me to, to fulfill the vision that I have. And what I like to, to say to others is that the role of the realtor really is that of a producer, you are producing yeah. a story. So although you might not be technically inclined, Chances are, if you're not, you're going to hire a photographer or someone to help you with video, but you own the story and and you must enable them to be successful through having this creative framework, i.e. a creative brief to share with them, which gives them guardrails, gives them focus and keeps everyone on the same page. There's a term in advertising called coherence and basically that everything fits together and the great brands that we love in our life have done it so successfully. yet in real estate you look at what we do and we just stumble over ourselves at times um and you know it's because we're not really thinking that hey i'm not a producer what do i know i'm going to contract that out you can't contract it out that photographer you hired needs direction the video person needs direction the story i mean the i use a writer to capture the narrative which is where we start to then figure out what supporting visuals are needed and then what time of day you might need to be there but again it's all in the creative brief. And, it, and if you really commit to using a creative brief and go get your friends in advertising to tell you what it is, it's a game changer.
0: Wow, you know, I, it's, it would be so easy to move on from this uh, point. And I'd, I'd really rather sort of step on it a little bit because uh, about 300 episodes we've done, I haven't really had this exact conversation yet. And I just realized, uh, as you were mentioning it, how valuable it is to our audience, which, whether it's a luxury sort of lifestyle property like like the ones that that often you are promoting um, or showing to clients, or if it's just a first time home in you know the downtown of Chicago, there's still uh, there, there's still a story there, and right? it doesn't necessarily have to be um, uh, an impressive sort of story of that has lots of uh, exciting variables to it, but just understanding what are the main features of this property. And if I'm listing it for sale, how, I mean, the idea of even just telling the photographer here's, you know, I'm really want to highlight, I want people to feel these three emotions, or I want to highlight these three features. I suspect 99% of realtors have never thought to do that. In fact, they're oftentimes not there when the photographer right. is even no, they're, shooting. Not.
1: they're like, go get some photos. <laughs>
0: Boy, you just you just said something that is in, so incredibly valuable. Just to understand, and you don't have to be a marketing or advertising expert, but you do need to know your, your property well enough to say, "Here's the story I want to tell." And and in your your idea of hiring a writer for, um, you know, to tell that narrative is probably worth its weight in gold for whatever that writer and that. Oh, I, you, I don't know if you do your own photography since you're a photographer, but whatever you're paying these service providers to to you know sort of construct that that story um I imagine that is so valuable because I know buying a home or or maybe a vacation property, you want to know that story and you want to feel emotionally connected, especially when it's a secondary, you know, sort of property to to your primary life. And um, and and boy, I, that is such a smart idea. So I, I applaud you for uh, being able to sort of communicate that to
1: our audience. It's very very big. Right. So DJ, I'd add one more thing. Like, interview the homeowner. Interview the homeowner, you're like, you don't know that brand when you show up. I mean, you mean you make a listing presentation, you think you know what's going on, but if you don't come, if you don't find ways to inform yourself about, you know, in this case, the home or or vacant land or, or whatever it is that you're promoting, you know, you're acting from an uninformed base. And the best place to start are the homeowners and ask them how they move around the property, where they like to have breakfast, where they finish the day. Um, Is there light that comes through the house at a certain time that just, you know, warms your heart? Uh, Are there sounds or neighbors or, you know, take it out? Like, where do you go for a walk when you leave the property? All of this is very important and boiling down, you know, what will be something that's unique in the way that you go about telling the story. And, you know, I think all too often, my colleagues don't see it like this. They want to focus on granite countertops and and, you know, the pool in the backyard, like, all right, well, those are checklist items, but you got to show right. how it lives. And the best person is the seller, like spend time with them.
0: Yeah. And that's right too. And they're going to know the cool little intricacies that aren't obvious in photos or or ah, in nah. the description.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and that just informs everything. So it always starts with a homeowner interview and you you've got to spend some time on your questions, you know, cause you got to dig deep that, you know, a lot of times they're emotionally detached at this point that are strawed they're having to sell it for whatever reason, but then they, they start, you know, when you ask them that question, A, everybody loves to be asked, give me your opinion, right? It kind of reframes it. And then B, they see that you care and you're taking time to talk about their property. And, you know, they realize by listing the house, their neighbors are looking into their lives now. So they, they wanna be seen in the great in the best light possible. And so set them up for success um, and they can be very informative in the process.
0: And they will also, I'm assu- I am I'm don't wanna speak for you, but they'll tell you the story, right? They will give oh, you absolutely. the story yeah. that you will then communicate so you don't have to create the narrative in most cases, yeah, they're gonna tell you. With
1: all the really big talking points, things that they love, times of day, to be in those rooms, to take pictures. Um, no, it's, it's, it's very, very important. I feel like if you don't engage the homeowner, you're just, you know, you're throwing darts at a dartboard blindly. Like you don't know really what the story is that you're trying to tell and you could miss it um, completely. And, you know, the difference when you take this step is, is, is very meaningful in the outcome you're gonna, you're gonna get for the homeowner. Um, you know, in many cases, you know, they often ask for that photo book afterwards you know, it's a story that lives on about a property they love for a point in time in their life and you know, when you show up with these books at listing presentations it's very hard for people to say no to you they go yeah. oh yeah uh, okay I see how you do this much differently than your colleagues
0: I, I was I just recently purchased a, a condo in um, here in the city and uh, I have a rooftop uh, space on, on the on the rooftop and And it's beautiful because on on one side, you can see the entire downtown skyline. And then on the other side, which is facing west, um, it just looks like, you know, sort of city, uh, city life, nothing spectacular unless you come at sunset and you see the sun um, uh, you know, fading away, and it's the most beautiful array of colors. And you'd said something earlier that I just now connected uh, because I, I myself am not a producing agent. I'll, um, I sort of work in the office of our, our all of our agents. But if somebody went to see my property, uh, if I were to sell it, I would only bring them there at sunset and I would say, you got to see what this, because you you watch the sun go down on one side, you turn around and you can see uh, the city as the sun goes down. You can see this light reflecting off the buildings and then how beautiful this, this Chicago skyline is. But I just realized you wouldn't really know about that unless my, if I had an agent trying to sell it, if I was like, do not bring anybody here unless it's, you know, maybe bring them twice, uh, but bring them for sunset. And you were saying that earlier with a property where you said the light was kind of harsh at that particular time of day, but that's where you, that's great information to get from the, from the, uh, the, the seller to understand, Hey, what's the best time of day to like, what are the really cool things? Boy, you, you just mentioned a lot of, <laughs> a lot of really important things. I know we're kind of getting stuck on this one topic, but it's such a, a valuable topic. Um, but we talked about the sell side, let's talk about the buy side. So when you are then taking buyers around, are you then speaking to the listing agent saying, tell me the story of this property? Or are you asking the listing agent to meet you at the property to sort of tell that story? Or how does that work?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. You know, the first thing I do with the buyers is obviously as much research as possible. I mean, Google is a good friend. Uh, you can try and just, you know, build a foundation of what you know about them, even if you don't mention it to them. Um, as soon as they get in the car, you know, I'm I'm always asking about the family dynamic. Um, you know, is it just a single person? Is it a married couple? Is it a married couple with kids? Is it a married couple with kids that now have grandkids? You know, you know what I mean? Like, like you know, we have sure. multiple generations here. And you know, I love the question, you know, uh, you know, what does Christmas morning look like in the house? How many people are going to be in this living room that you need to accommodate? And you know, as they start answering these questions, it's informing me. And then, you know, I'm asking about Hoth and they've been to Jackson Hole, which can be a very intimidating place to those from the outside. You know, a lot of times people coming to Jackson Hole, it's a male oriented, you know, driven scenario. They want to ski, they want to fish, you know, maybe they want to hunt or something. And their wives are a little more timid about it because they're like, oh my gosh, it's cold, it's snowy. Like, what are we going to do here? and that's, that's not the case. So I, I really try and figure out their level of sensitivity about buying in the market and then start you know proactively addressing the concerns. Um, I'm always very straightforward with it. You never want someone to move in that this is just not the right fit. Sure. Um, but with that being said, you know, you've know you got to help them understand how do you survive a winter here? And it's not surviving, it's thriving in, in winter time. Because in the winter time, there's never a down day. You know, it doesn't rain here; it snows, and you can go do anything in the snow. Um, but back to what you're saying, you know, you, you create a, a base level of understanding of what they're looking for, and then start um, orienting. You know, your behaviors around that. You know, a lot of times they think they want to go look at things because the price points are right, but you can already tell it's not the right mix. You know, you've got 12 people on Christmas morning; it's got two bedrooms. So why are we looking at this? Right. Um, You've said that you're not moving resident tax residency here, so chances are you might want to consider buying in in an area has short-term rental opportunities, so you can make an investment property and take advantage of the write-offs. The um, the level of questioning is, I think, key to helping them realize exactly what they're looking for versus thinking you have all the answers. You don't, you know, and they don't know what they're. Aspiring to buy either, you have to spend some time with them, and so you get to you know you get to showings quite often, and you know some agents are are really informed, and, and others are, you know they're still looking at their spec sheet to answer questions, and I feel sure. like you know that's where it gets hard. And I think additionally, when you buy in a kind of a resort uh, lifestyle market, it is absolutely critical that you understand what you do around the property. In other yeah. words, where the hiking trails are, where, where do you take off on your bike and what might you go ride? Um, where might the kids go to school and how long a drive would that be? Um, you know, you, you think, of, uh, you think of, its, uh, of where it's positioned in the community uh, relative to the lifestyle these clients are looking to, to, to live. You know, I always like to ask, tell me what a day is like in your life. Do you get up and go to the gym every morning and you need to find a great coffee shop? and you know, Times of Old, by New York Times, um, You know, I, I need to understand how you live and then I can help orient you to you know, still having many of those creature comforts around you, um, but yet buying in an you know, area here that's inspiring.
0: I wonder how many realtors out there when they're talking to their buyers uh, at that con- first, maybe that first or second consultation say, walk me through uh, your typical day and maybe an ideal day if you were to move to another you know do, do you want to be near a coffee shop or hiking trail or a grocery store or a gym um and i suspect that people of course uh, realtors know to talk about schools and 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 you know various sort of more obvious uh, things that 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 buyers are interested in but understanding lifestyle is wow, what a what a great tip for, for our audience is really having that conversation. And whether you're in a rural or, or more urban area, you can you can start matching people. In in Chicago, we have public transportation called the L. Um, and you know, and other cities have have their version of that. And some people need to be right there, and others say, I don't care. Um, and just understanding sort of what somebody's day looks like and and how they want to move around and you know where are the the closest parks and and do right. is that important to them? Um, boy, that's that's such a great tip for for our audience. And um, one last question I had for you was how how what does the luxury market look like these days? Um, have you noticed any change in the last you know several years, um, or or is it sort of steady and and consistent?
1: Yeah, well. Hmm. And, you know, that's a harder one. So, we, you know, let's break it down a little bit. Let's just say demand for luxury properties um, has remained very, very high. In fact, um, you know, we're burdening Jackson Hole from a deal volume perspective because only 2.85% of this county is private. Wow. So that's about 15,000 deeded parcels. So, you know, with the great scarcity of, of inventory, even in a, in a down market, we'll, when we see more come online, um, you know, we're dealing with very few options to show people at any one time, which is which is always a challenge. Um, you know, you see many people here, at DJ, that have had a very successful business exit and have had a dream to come and buy a property here in Jackson. You know what? It can sometimes it stumbles on for years until they find the right property. Mm-hmm. And you know, these budgets aren't constrained. It's just our housing options are so. Jackson Hole benefits through the scarcity that we have. It also benefits because of the uh, being the most tax friendly state. So you take those two items together and it, it just it just props up demand for us year after year. The um, you know, as far as pricing and where we are, you know, as of September uh, 14th, you know, 2021, our pricing is starting to stabilize uh, versus the great run up that we've seen 20 to 40 percent over the last 12, 14 months. Um, I, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, hey, I'm going to wait, I think the pricing is going to come down. The only thing coming down are mismatched properties with the price. Sure. You know, seller shooting for the moon because they, they saw what their neighbor just got, and they're like, well, I could get that, I guess I am a seller, but otherwise you know, on a standard market value, I'm not. Um, I do believe that this focus on more res- rather than resort, I refer to them as lifestyle properties, it's going to be a growing trend. our virtual work enables that and why not live in a place that's fulfilling to you wherever that might be um and so all of these things will continue to enable the the luxury market to to go forward in a successful way and then you know the other trend that we see you know the home that my parents would have built chances are is not the home i'm looking to occupy so you know they might have been happy with an eight thousand square foot log home you know for for buyers coming in and they're, why don't we just say on average in their fifties, they're looking really for that mountain modern to contemporary architecture. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of home conversions in in that direction. So I think the product's having to change to meet the market. And when I say that, so much of our vacant land is built out. So you're buying existing homes and considering how am i going to retrofit this to, to suit my taste. Because um, I don't want to look at log walls, which some people love them and some people don't. But you know, there's always a great way to kind of balance that. So, I, I think this demand will be persistent and foregoing, and um, I don't suspect any great downturns.
0: Well, we should mention to to our audience and thank you for that perspective on sort of the Jackson Hole area. Uh, we should mention to our audience, which is nationwide and and even in other countries, that if you have clients that are interested in considering Jackson hole uh, and you would like to refer to a realtor who lives there uh, publishes there and also has uh, raised a family in in that area um, what's the best way one of one of the listeners to our show should reach out if they have somebody that's interested in, in purchasing in your area
1: yeah well, well thanks for that um you know being in sales we all love that tea up but um I, I actually published a third magazine one that's called the outsized reasons why you will love living in Jackson Hole. And that's a starting point for any buyer. It's a very deep community magazine about what makes this place tick. And it's a great starting point to align people as to whether or not this is the right lifestyle decision to be here, but also tells a very deep and meaningful story about Jackson Hole and one that most people would never figure out you know, for years after being here as 30 years of being here for myself You know, I'm still learning every day. So, you know, I invite people to come to my website at livewaterjacksonhole.com. I invite them to connect with me on Instagram. It's Latham Jenkins Real Estate is my username. And you'll see just an ongoing story. And when the time is right to move forward, to consider buying, uh, of course, reach out and would love to host them here. Maybe we ski for the day, maybe we fish for the day, but we get to know each other and it informs me so that I can make the best use of their time as they're looking for real estate.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for this great uh, interview and in explaining to us how you go about working with buyers and sellers. Uh like all of our listeners, and by the way, too, the magazines uh, that Latham produces um, and publishes, we are going to have uh, the links to those in our show notes. So if you're listening on a podcast audio episode, just look in the show notes and that will give you access to those publications as Latham mentioned. Um, but please visit him on his website, as he just mentioned, which is live waterjacksonhole.com or follow him on Instagram, which is Lathan Jenkins. And Latham is L-A-T-H-A-M, Jenkins Real Estate. Again, we'll also have that in the show notes. Uh, Latham, thank you so much for being on the show. You provided tremendous insight for our audience. On behalf of the audience, we, we thank you. We know how busy you are and spending time with us uh, on, on a busy Tuesday is uh, very uh, appreciated for sure. And then on behalf of Latham and myself, we want to thank thank the audience for listening to this episode and continuing to support our show. Before you sign off, uh, everyone, please just do one thing. Tell a friend. Think of one other real estate agent that could benefit from hearing this great interview with Latham and send them a link to our show. Easiest way to do that, you can send them right over to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever done, they can stream right from their browser. Or if they're a podcast person, just have them pull up a podcast app, search for keeping it real, and hit the subscribe button. Uh, Latham, on behalf of the audience, thank you so much. And we will see everyone on the next episode.
1: DJ, thank you. And, and, and to all those that have given you know a few minutes of their time to listen to what I had to say.
0: Be well, welcome. it was very it was very appreciated and uh, very actionable. And I'm hoping our audience will start doing some of those things that uh, are are. Uh, our guests do that separate them from other agents. So thank you uh, so much. Yes. Be well.